Hi, welcome back. I'm Ellen Siegel and um, my dear friend and colleague here. Michael Rosenbaum, Michael spiritual Rosenbaum. buddy. That's what I was Yeah, would yeah, spiritual buddies. We've studied for a long time together. Maybe you've seen some of our other videos and uh, we're in a spiritual class together, probably almost 20 years. And we, uh, of late, it came to us to talk about the fact that we're both in long-term committed relationships and they happen to be under the heading of marriages. And so um, we want to talk about, uh, today we're gonna talk about how our experience of spirituality each for ourselves has impacted our growth, uh, our intentions with our relationships, our history of growth in those relationships. And uh, and before we get to that, um, we talked a little bit about what marriage is and the meaning of the term marriage, the concept of marriage for each one of us. And, uh, and toward the end of our our talk will um, will give you some information about us too. So, okay, um, Michael, marriage. Marriage. So when we were chatting beforehand, um, and so this is, I'm talking for me, I'm not talking universally here, but I noticed that marriage is a certain level of commitment in my mind and that I have a tendency to when things get a little um, hectic or, you know, uncomfortable in a relationship, right? I, I noticed in the past that at some point I kind of throw my hands up and I say, all right, it's time to exit. I don't need to be here. Let me go find something better. That And that's that would be the voice in my head. So, and... and that's a trigger and it's things that I've worked through over the years, right? That's really me and the way I handle adverse situations. Um, but what I found was by being married, it allowed me to confront those uncomfortable feelings um, because I didn't have an easy exit. That's not an easy exit to get divorced. I mean, that's not an easy exit. And so I, I would say, well, why don't we try to work this out first, whatever it is, right? I mean, that was the voice in my head then um, because of, I was in a marriage. And I was mentioning to you prior to getting married, I had a, a relationship with someone. We lived together for a year and we ran into some difficulties and I just exited at some point, right? Mm -hmm. But if we had been married, I don't think I would have done that. You know, now I don't know that I would have married. I didn't marry her so maybe there's a reason I didn't marry her but but I just think the idea of marriage um has that kind of commitment you know that helps you work things out and and another interesting thing that just popped in my mind about that is when I was studying um positive psychology they had a whole segment about uh, relationships and one of the statistics was and this really blew my mind is that there in some countries, there are arranged marriages. That means you didn't pick that person out. 
you just got thrown together. <clears throat> In some cases, you just met that person recently <laughs> before you got married. You didn't know anything about each other. You, there was not a, you know, you didn't court each other or anything. And I always thought that was like such a crazy idea. But statistically, <clears throat> people that are in arranged marriages have many fewer divorces than people who are not mm. in arranged marriages. Mm. Now, go figure that. And and what the person who was leading the class said is that because when people in an arranged marriage in that culture, the intention is to be with someone and create a relationship together and work that out with each other. So it comes in with that intention. And apparently those relationships stay together more than ones that mm. don't come in that way. Now, I'm not saying all these arranged marriages are hunky-dory and great, because I've heard many that aren't, but um, I just thought that was interesting. So just the idea of commitment and you're making a commitment statement to be with someone, I think helps you be inspired to work on the issues that come up for you in response to relationship. And, and later we'll talk a little bit about how that fits in with the spiritual lens, because I think it really does. But I, for me, marriage was important because it forces me to not just take the easy way out. Mm. So I think marriage for me, um, my parents were married. So, and I think I had an uncle who got divorced that I knew about. Um, and so I was sort of primed to be married. And then in those days uh, in my culture, there was uh, uh, a woman a young girl could be sent to college for an MRS degree <laughs> to find a man and be married because it was the culture of my parents and other others in their culture um, to want to have their female children to be cared for and um, taken care of. So... I knew that I wanted to be married. So I was sort of less conscious than you were in those days. And um, and we'll get to the spiritual part uh, later. Uh, I will say, though, that the concept of marriage and being married did have the outcome that you were talking about. I knew that I was going to go to any lengths uh, to work things out. Um, I also was codependent, so I wasn't that clear on what the lengths were that were mine, um, and what the lengths were that were my partners. Cause lots of times I sort of was doing things that may have been his part. The other thing, uh, to say about this for those who are listening to us and watching is that uh, some people have committed relationships and are committed without the umbrella title marriage. Uh, some people, uh, marriage isn't the thing for them. And so who's ever watching this, the main thing is to take kernels of truth out of what's coming up here 
that you can apply to your own growth. And I would invite you to not judge anything that comes up for you and to be as open as possible. We're sharing uh, our particular angles and what our uh, life choices have been and have been unfolding. And the main thing is that each one of us is on a path of growth, whether it's evolution, whatever you want to call it, cultivating yourself emotionally, emotional maturity, whatever you want to call it. And that as, as similar as many of us may be, that's how different uh, we all are. So just keep that in mind as you're facilitating your own growth in whatever relationships you're participating in. So, okay. So uh, I don't know that there's anything else that I would say about that. Just that, oh, that um, the term marriage, it's got a lot of symbolism to it. It's got a lot of um, meaning, depth of meaning to it. And as you brought up in different cultures, it's got different uh, characteristics. You know, one of the funny things about marriage sometimes that I think about, because I've been married for 45 years, long time. And um, so the amount of time that I spent with my partner way exceeds the amount of time I spent with my parents Mm. growing up. It's it's double that, right? Right. So so that's, that's an interesting thing as well. Well, we were married uh, 29 years and then divorced for six. And then we remarried each other. So in some ways, in some ways, because we and and I don't think we were conscious that we would ever get remarried. Nevertheless, we were always working on our relationship as friends. And so we have sort of a joke that we don't really count the time that we were divorced. So, because we've been working on the relationship all the whole time. Mm. So, okay. So um, on the subject of spirituality, um, I think let's, I don't know, what does it mean to you? Because I think it, it means different things to different people. So those listening and watching will have sort of a context for you and a context for me. Okay. So for me, so I, I, I separate spirituality from religion. So I would say I'm not a religious person in that sense. Um, Although all religions were based on spiritual principles when I investigate them. But for me, spirituality is really about kind of knowing myself Um, in a bigger, more expanded way than just this lifetime, conscious mind, you know, things that we do in life, right? Even including marriage, right? So it's about knowing myself in a bigger, more expanded way. And that I'm totally fascinated by that. And it inspires me and the more I find out about that, like you said, we've been in a spiritual school for about 18 years. The, the more I um, find out about that, the more there is to know. <laughs> it's like it never ends. Mm-hmm. And it's just really uh, amazing experience. So spirituality is really about 
first the greater me and the different ways the greater me expresses itself. And then the other thing about spirituality, so my cat just jumps on my lap here. The, the other thing about spirituality is that um, understanding the interconnectedness of life, that things are not separated. So, you know, we talk about a relationship, we talk about marriage that's creating, a, um, we're saying we're connected together, but the truth is we're, we're connected with everybody and we have an intimate relationship with everybody if you wake up and see that. And so spirituality for me is about understanding the interconnectedness of everything and seeing it more as one unit with different versions and mm. permutations and expressions of it. And so that makes life all the more interesting and pleasurable to me to think of it that way, because then I can I can enjoy your experience from your lens because it is a part of me over there having mm -hmm. the experience that way. And so, you know, when you talk about marriage and, and long-term relationships, what are we looking for? We're looking for connection and intimacy, right? I mean, that's 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 what I'm looking for. Well, the, the, the funny thing is you actually have that with everything in life. And spirituality is one of the ways of discovering that there is great intimacy and connection mm. in all aspects of life in different expressions of it. So spirituality for me is that discovery and finding it out, not intellectually, although I enjoy the concept of things, but not nearly as much as I enjoy the experience of it. So when Ellen and I, when we in our little group, when we meditate together, we're having an experience and then we share the experience and, and we get everybody's different point of view about it. But it's so delicious. It's like, you know, if if somebody, if my wife prepares and she's a great cook, a wonderful meal and all I did was look at it, it's like, <laughs> it gets a little boring after a while. But when you eat it and you taste it and you have the experience mm. of it and you see that healthy food going in your body, it's like a it's a way different experience. So that's how I think of spirituality. I don't want to just read about it or know it conceptually. I want to experience it. I want to know it from the inside out. And when you do, it's, it's so rewarding. So that's that's what comes to mind. Wow, 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 wow. Well, so much of that resonates with me and expresses my perspective as well. Uh, I think earliest on, I got the thought that we're each sparks of one consciousness with different expressions of that one whole consciousness, uh, not initially not having access to other lenses or views that I get to see through this aspect called Ellen and then appreciating as time has gone on that um, interacting with others that others that we are each a reflection of that whole consciousness and so 
I think it was taught to me in little bits and pieces over time. <clears throat> one example is, you know, something that I didn't like in someone else. One of my teachers says, oh, the reason you don't like that is because you have at least a pinhead of it. What? And, um, <clears throat> and they said it in such a gentle way. Nevertheless, it had a big impact on me so that then I could somehow appreciate my judgment of others as a reflection of my judgment of myself. <clears throat> and uh, spirituality means to me taking ever more responsibility for my perspective as a part of the whole. And as I've grown, I've been schooled to appreciate that, that the whole that I'm a part of speaks through your mouth and speaks through my partner's mm -hmm. mouth and speaks through my family member's mouth and, um, <clears throat> and speaks through the mouth of somebody who challenges me the most or somebody who I really dislike their behavior. And so <clears throat> it's uh, nudged me and sometimes feeling like against my will, although it is my will to grow. Uh, so um, to accept more and more uh, others and myself with our differences. Um, I had a friend once who had a website called Unity Through Diversity. Mm. And just the title mm. is really uh, what spirituality means to me. Mm. Oh, that is sweet. Isn't that nice? And then sorting out my relate my feelings about, you know, what's not similar to me and what is similar and and whatever I could grow to to um to take a um more zoomed out view, you know, like you know, like with a camera you can zoom in and zoom out, uh, a more zoomed out view to take in uh, a larger, like you were saying, a larger and larger picture of what is that I could see. So, um, so that's about what comes to me to say about that. Okay. Um, okay. So what about, um, how that's played out for each one of us, um, whatever comes to us to share in our, in our respective relationships. Okay. So to kind of tie those together for me, as I was thinking about this, so, with spirituality, um, it's about, to me, it's about expansion and it's about taking down my barriers and my walls to life so that I can be part of this greater thing. The, the thing that stops us, stops me, you know, many people say, oh, I want to spiritually advance. I want to do this. But it's us that put up the walls that don't allow that in. Mm -hmm. 
So I see relationships as a mirror for that. Oh, yeah, just knock something over. So relationships. Uh, so when there's a disharmony between me and and uh, my partner, then that's a mirror. That's a reflection of something that needs to heal in me. Um, to take care of, and so in a way that block that I see, that tension or that I see between me and my partner is also the tension between me and life that blocks my spirituality. And so by taking care of that and mastering that and not reacting to that, then, then I'm more open spiritually. Mm. So it feeds my desire to you know, find out the what I would call the stuck shadow, dark places in me that have been festering inside that I'm not aware of. Well, um, I think our partner, somehow we pick someone who's really good at poking that point, <laughs> getting that to the surface. And, and if you look at it as a positive, like, oh, I just, that just awoke something in me that I wasn't aware of um, that needs healing here. Then, um, then that makes me a bigger, more spiritual person. And it also creates deeper intimacy, intimacy between me and my partner. And um, so that's, that's one way which I've seen in long-standing relationships, I've, I've never seen anybody who had a long-standing relationship who didn't have their own stuff get triggered and come up. Now, what you end up doing with that, people do different things with that. But if you take the point of view that it's your, that person didn't make you feel that way. They just reminded you of something that you forgot about that's inside of you. Um, then, uh, then it can be a healing event. And, and I do find it very interesting because when I see people that have been divorced or meet new people or even people in my life, you know, whether it's my clients or just people I know, that they'll complain to me that the same thing is happening with this new partner than with the other partner. And at some point, you have to wake up and realize it's not the other person. It's you, and it keeps coming up because it wants to be healed. And if you're not willing to heal it, it'll come up again in the guise of another relationship. But if you do master it and heal it, then even if you split your ways, your next relationship will be different because you're different. Or if you process it within your own relationship, then that relationship can change because you're responding in a different way. So that, that's so that's one of the ways those things kind of tie together for me. So a couple of things come to me as you're speaking. So many times uh, uh, couples come to me or individuals really upset that their partner pushes their buttons. <laughs> and, you know, I can't really say at that initial meeting or 
<laughs> even at the beginning to say, oh, that's a gift. Or, oh, on some level, you chose just the right person because they may not be up to yet recognizing that um, they're not the victim that they might think they are. And that it's not an easy thing when we're, um, not all of us when we're young. I do see some young people who have so much more emotional maturity than I had. Um, right. Nevertheless, um, there's a point like when you said, you know, at some point you wake up and you go, gee, I've got this same problem. And this is like <laughs> how many different relationships it can't be me. And it's not a matter of fault. It's just a matter of perspective. So that um, it's a great intention to set, um, to learn something new, to experience yeah. new things, uh, to, to be open to growing, to discover um, that there's a way you could even laugh at yourself because sometimes we're so stuck right. and uh, it's a great thing to get help. I mean, certainly uh, Michael helps people. I help people. Um, and in, and I know I'm speaking for you too. Uh, we really work to facilitate our own growth somewhere mm -hmm. along the way. You got the message. I got the message uh, to work on myself <clears throat> and um I think that was after years of <clears throat> thinking that um, my problem was because the other person was doing this or that. And it's really how, how stuck I was in how I felt in response to that. And so I got help to sort of unpack that, to appreciate myself more and more and once you alleviate some self-judgment, then you have a little more freedom to go, oh, well, sure, I was thinking that. And you know what? I was wrong about that. I had a teacher who said, um, would you rather be right or happy? <laughs> and uh, okay, I think I'd rather be happy. Um, and it it showed me how stuck I was on trying to be right, which meant making the other person wrong. And that's duality, right and wrong. And there's a lot more to appreciate when you sort of neutralize that. And there's a lot more going on. And there's um, more choices, more choices available. Um, let me say one other thing that came yeah. to mind when you were talking, just in terms of the tie in the spiritual aspect of it. So because we're all interconnected, so there's a there's a group consciousness in the world, right? So if I'm getting triggered, I'm feeling stuck and I'm taking responsibility for it in me. But as I heal it, there's another way to look at that because that is an issue or an energy. If you think of everything as energy, that's an energy that's on the planet. And it's just expressing through me in this moment. But it's not just expressing through me. It's expressing through probably thousands or millions of people. Mm -hmm. 
as I master it in me and heal it in me, I'm healing it for the collective consciousness of the planet also. Mm. I'm healing it for all people, that particular energy. We're, we're transforming that energy that's on the planet to something different, something more spacious and open. So that's a kind of another way to look at it. So, you, you know, the first step is to step away from blame, blaming somebody else, taking self-responsibility. But an even deeper insight is to realize that you're, um, you're dissolving it, not just for yourself, but for all people, because it's part of the collective unconscious. Mm. And I, I remember once reading in a book, um, Buddhists kind of have an idea like that. Um, and this uh, woman, Pema Chodron, mm. um, who's an American who became a Buddhist monk. And I remember there was a chapter. I never forgot this. Right. I don't remember the other chapters. But I remember this one. And she said that when something comes up in her life that's really triggering or difficult energy, her response now is to want to hold on to it, take it on mm. and resolve it in herself mm. because that's resolving it for all people. Mm. That's what she said. I never really understood what she was talking about till I advanced a little bit. Um, but the other thing she said, which was really interesting, um, which was if something really great comes in your life, give it away right away. Mm. Don't hold on to it because that spreads it mm. to all people, right? Mm. So there's this whole unattachment kind of thing going on that you're taking, you're healing it, not just for you, but for everybody. And you're spreading the goodness out to everybody. Wow. So, so she had an everybody point of view about it. And I didn't really understand the depth of that until through our own courses and what we've done, in our own meditations to understand how that actually works itself out. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's really helpful when you are working on an issue or a problem, you know, don't blame, don't put blame on yourself either. That's another, that doesn't mm -hmm. help it resolve itself, but to think, Oh, this is one of those problems that humankind has and it's manifesting in me right now. So I'm going to take, the bull by the horns and I'm going to see how I can resolve that through my lens. And that's not only going to help me be free, help me in my relationship with my partner, but it's going to help relationships around the world somehow. And for those who are with us today, who are looking for meaning in their lives and what your purpose is, there's uh, so much uh, we hear it often in terms of focus on being uh, rather than doing. And the beingness implied in what you just shared, doing, doing our own work uh, provides that healing for the world. And um, I don't know, that gives, gives life a lot of meaning for me. Um, there was something you mentioned earlier about, um, oh, let me see if I can ask this question. How can one take something that 
you feel is a tension with your partner and and um maybe this was through the positive psychology and transform it into an opportunity for intimacy mm -hmm. how is that what are some specifics about that okay well i find that a spiritual principle is unconditional love or mm -hmm. compassion so unconditional love means literally means you're giving and you're not and the giving is the gift in itself you're not expecting some right. other reward right so when i'm with a partner with my partner um and when I, when i have energy that's a judgment a negative judgment or, or something like that and then i'm stepping out of that spiritual principle of unconditional loving right and it creates separation it creates distance okay right but when i resolve that issue then intimacy is created so it's like the walls go down and it used to be in my thinking that well my partner had to be a certain way for me to be willing to be intimate like that and if they're not going to be that way then the heck with that i'm just going to put up a wall but the thing is i'm putting up a wall and so that hurts me and my spiritual development mm -hmm. right i had a teacher once um when i was first studying energy healing and she made a statement which i also never forgot and she said you know you think about it this way really simple about she was talking about life force right she says at any given moment in life you either the spigot is turned on you're allowing in life force or the spigot is turned off you can't turn it on over here and turn it off over there it's either turned on or turned off so if i'm having a disagreement with my partner or a negative judgment the spigot is turned off that means i can't get life force from god i can't get, i can't get anything i got a wall up it's blocking the flow i am blocking the flow it, when i turn the spigot on and create intimacy then that spigot is on for all places so i have to ask myself the question do i want the spigot to be on or off so if my partner is acting in a way that's i perceive as mean spirited or triggered or whatever i don't need to turn my spigot off that's a choice i'm making do i want to put up a wall or not because when i put up a wall it's blocking everything <laughs> not just me and my partner it's blocking my ability to experience life force and unconditional love and intimacy in every aspect of my beingness while i have that wall up so i have learned to not put up those walls as much they're much rarer now that i'm doing that and so understanding how that works out allows me to always make the choices that are open and spiritual and unconditional love mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. 
You know, I, I think of, I'm not, a, I haven't really read the whole Bible and everything like that, but there are stories and references in it that are very teaching ones. And one of the ones that really along those lines is um, some of the things that Jesus said. And one is that here Jesus is on this cross and some Roman guy sticks a spear in Jesus, right? And what does Jesus say? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, right? He doesn't even put up a wall when that happens because he understands, I don't want anything to interfere with my relationship with God consciousness, with the universe, right? And, and the other statement that I think is misinterpreted a lot is he says, turn the other cheek when somebody hits you. Well, I interpret that, I don't interpret that mean being a doormat. I interpret that as meaning don't close the spigot down. No matter what happens. So that's kind of how that works mm -hmm. out. And, and I, I was mentioning to you, I think one of the opportunities in committed relationships um, comes out through sexuality, because sexuality is an opportunity, if you use it that way, to let go of all boundaries, mm -hmm. where you are melding with that person. And that person's pleasure or enjoyment is in yours are mixing together and they're equally important. And when, when you look at it that way, the enjoyment is tenfold what it was if you're just looking to get enjoyment for yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at it as a unit together, mm -hmm. right, um, it, it, it's exponential. And there's a, there's, a, there's a complete letting go of walls, a complete mm -hmm. a possibility of opening. So I would say, you know, being in relationships so long, you know, our sexuality experiences are so much deeper than they were mm. when we first started, even though I'm a lot older and don't have the same hormones that I used to have right. you know, 40 years ago. Doesn't matter. Uh, our intimacy creates uh, incredible experience. And I think it's a, it's a pointer towards deeper intimacy experiences that you can experience mm -hmm. in meditation and surrender, letting go. It's one of the ways in which we can learn that. Mm. Right. So that's so I guess kind of how I tie that wow. together. That's great. Mm. Mm. I was thinking also um, for me over the years. Um, there's a little different twist on that. Um, I like to call it um, sort of deliberate nurturing communication. I guess it's based in unconditional love. Um, uh, what's that Carl Rogers? Did we study him about, um, you know, in... Um, doing um helping work uh with clients like an unconditional positive regard <clears throat> that um when i would have a reactive experience in the face of something my partner would say i knew not to blurt out whatever it was that was coming to me 
and to wait for, and I think that this was sort of meditative, even though I wasn't thinking about it that way, um, that the fitting words would come to me. Words that could facilitate our coming together as opposed to fueling our separate separation. And um, because words are very powerful and energy is powerful. And I think that that was early on, somehow that was some kind of a saving grace in our relationship. Um, I have a friend who um, was married to, I'm gonna say a very um, abusive person and they had children together and uh, there was a divorce. And this, my friend, never bad mouthed this father to their children, mm -hmm. which really stood out in among um, people who have found themselves in those kinds of situations. And the quality of my friend's relationship with her or her children is, I'm going to say, I don't know that this is possible, but it's like impeccable. It's like, um, and what can be created in a relationship um, because of, I'm going to call it, um, I want to say um, spiritual principles of, I'll call it like fine conduct. I don't know what else uh, to call that. And it has to do with taking responsibility for your own feelings. It has to do with not blaming self or other. It has to do with conducting yourself with respect. Even if you have a problem with somebody else's behavior, it's their behavior, their choice. And if you seek to ask questions and try to understand how it is a person feels the way they do or chooses certain actions, and that doesn't mean that your partner can even articulate it. Just that part of you that has the spigot on and has not turned it off. And to be looking at ourselves, I think that's so useful. Is my, is my spigot of life force mm -hmm. on or off and that I'm in charge of, my sp of the spigot on my side? Um, a, another uh, useful tool somebody gave me is that in a relationship that there's like a lovely river that flows between two people and that you get to express everything from your bank of the river and not jump over to the other person's side. Now, this is aside from the intimacy that we create. This is just a tool for mm -hmm. looking at how to be respectful and also how to give a voice to your own expressions 
that have a full place in the conversation and that the and to see the other person as they can speak and really not be able to jump over onto your side and um that there's a beautiful safety flow and that two people can get into the river together and enjoy that mm. so um I'm a big fan of creating different paradigms and images um, that can be used as tools um, to help ourselves when we're not sure about what we're feeling, what our behavior is, how we're affecting the other person. Because there's a lot of unknowns, because even though you may know someone very well, um, there are certain things you don't know. I love that. I love that metaphor of jumping in the river together that, you know, so there are times you're on your own bank and you respect the other person's bank. You're not, we're not trying to make that person us or the way we do it. We're appreciating whatever they do. And, but then we jump in the river together. And then there's that intimacy and connection mm -hmm. when we do that. But we can go back on our other banks also. So it's nothing's forced. It's very mm -hmm. spontaneous. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to be spontaneous in a relationship and, you know, jump in the river together, when you jump in the river together, you know, and, and stay on your own banks, when you stay on your own banks, I, I think that's a really great uh, mm -hmm. metaphor. I, I think that's a really good relationship, you know, has those, those elements in it. I, I want to say one other thing, and then and maybe we'll wrap this up. Yes. It is um, one of the things that we've learned in our spiritual school. One of the things I like to teach my clients is the idea from a spiritual perspective is uh, connect with those higher aspects of ourselves. And sometimes we call that our higher self, or our soul, or we use words like that. But that part of us has a greater wisdom. And that part of us always has a spigot on. Mm -hmm. That part of us um, doesn't ever get triggered and doesn't think that way. So I have found it was helped me in my relationship is that when my partner jumps on my bank, right? And, 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 and there's a boundary issue here. Right. Um, before I react or do anything, if I remember, if I'm smart enough, is I, I go to my higher self and I say, OK, what what should I do with this situation? Mm -hmm. And it's it's unpredictable. I'll get different answers. But I've noticed that very often the answer will be don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Just let it go. Doesn't mean anything. And I have found when I've done that, that then my partner just goes on to something else. It's like it never happened. Mm. However, if I reacted or got defensive, they would keep that going. That spigot would be closed. Mm. So my guy says, don't close the spigot down. Just move on. Doesn't whatever. Doesn't mean anything. Now, there are sometimes my higher self will say, well, you know, this has happened a few times, whatever. You might want to have a conversation about it, but now might not be the time for that conversation. But probably a good idea at some 
loving way to have that conversation with someone. That might be the input I get. But if you can learn to connect to your higher self or your higher wisdom, right, um, and act from that place, then it tells you what to do in any given situation. You don't have to figure it out ahead of time. You just have to be willing to take a pause and connect with it and listen. And, and, and you have to learn how to do that. Everybody has their own way of doing that. So there's no one way to do that. And there's not one language of that. But everybody had, can learn to know the language of their higher self. And that's one of the things I like to teach my clients is how to begin to explore and do that. Because what a tool that is. You have this wisdom at your disposal at any given moment, always there. I mean, you can't buy that. You, this, you can't put a price to that. So. Well, you can't and you can't. Uh, it's tailored for you. It's, it's totally tailored for you. And so this is a great, uh, well, I want to highlight something you just said. And and if you're going to take, if it's one of those situations where you get the inner prompt from your wise inner self, your high self, um, to have the conversation with your partner, your friend, your business partner, whoever that is, in a loving way. And that that... You might have to wait till you get those loving words and ask that part of you, how do I say this in a loving way? Because that to me makes all the difference and really facilitates um, the energy flow. Uh, and we can, I think that's a good thing to talk about. Maybe if we want to do another on relationships, uh, the, the way energy flows and and what that looks like in a relationship, what it feels like and uh, what to do with that. So, but anyway, this is a great say, I'll just say, and then I want you to share about uh, some things that you're doing, Michael, that the Be Happy No Matter What uh, collection of books is not necessarily be happy-go-lucky, although it could include that. <laughs> it's not false reassurance or denial. It's about the enduring satisfaction in life that you can get when you are observing and growing and appreciating yourself as a masterpiece work of art. It's a navigator through challenging situations, somebody who's... Um, sometimes landed on your feet, sometimes um, investigated issues, uh, learns from their mistakes. Uh, and in the uh, Be Happy No Matter What book is uh, a chapter, several chapters on detecting that voice and mm. uh, how to uh, hear it, how to follow it and to actually even have a dialogue with it. So, um, and you can uh, find that on Amazon, be happy no matter what. Um, and, uh, you know, I do life coaching, spiritual coaching, uh, life problem solving, these kinds of conversations. And uh, Michael, um, when you share about your work, 
uh, I do want to emphasize about your, you know, the meditations that you do that are available for people to tap into. Um, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous uh, meditations come through Michael. <laughs> yes. So I so besides doing private work with people to help them with reversing patterns and so on, and also call myself a spiritual development coach, helping them discover those higher parts of themselves. Um, I do classwork, so I have a meditation class I do every um, other Monday, uh, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time, and it's open to everybody. It's on Zoom. It's free, and it's a spiritual meditation, so it's about connecting to your higher self. What does that feel like? Experience it, sit in it, and how to bring that energy back into yourself and also spread it into the world. So anybody who's interested in that, just have to reach out to me and, and I'll put you on the list and you'll get an email with the link and a reminder. Um, I and also, what's, how should they reach out to you? Should okay, they send so you an email? The best way really is just through email. My email address is Michael R at alternativechoices.org. Michael R at alternativechoices.org, or you can go on my website, alternativechoices.org, and there's a contact page. Right. You can send a message to me. Um, I also teach spiritual classes. Uh, we call them spiritual blooming. And um, so, and, and it's all about moving away from the ego into the soul or higher self. And it's a, it's a whole process about how to do that on a deep level. I teach that with my friend, Lori, who's also in our spiritual school. And uh, we have a new series coming up in October 2023. It's their four modules. And uh, so again, just contact me and I'll send you information about it. You see if you resonate with it. Um, yeah. Um, does the um, Monday meditation, is that like a specific, is it like the first and the third Monday of each month or how? how no, it's I, I can't do that because some months have five weeks and some months have All right. five weeks. So it's really every other week. But once you get on my list, then you get a reminder. a reminder when it is. Okay. So that you'll know, you'll know when it is, or maybe that Monday I got something else and I can't make it. So it has to be the following Monday. So, but it's, it's basically every, every other week I find it works well. Great. Great. Um, well, this has been another terrific conversation. <laughs> thank you. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. And, um, and we'll keep, keep doing these. There'll be more to more come. There'll be more to come. Yes. And uh, we'll also, Isla and I love doing these talks about some of these spiritual downloads mm. that I get talking about different subjects. And that's always very interesting. So we'll do more of those also. Oh, and uh, Michael's got a podcast, Path to Enlightenment. Oh, that's true. Path to Enlightenment. And so, so I put done... these on it, but all of our talks and other right. things I've done. <laughs> yeah. So you can tune into that or whatever your favorite podcast station is. And it's called Path to Enlightenment. And and I also have a private Facebook page that goes along with that where I post different things as well. It's a nice right. community. Terrific. Mm. Okay. Well, see you <laughs> next time. See you next time. <laughs>